Confession is good, amen? And uh, we know everybody's going to confess something. So, you know, we want everybody to be confessing the same thing the Lord wants us to believe and wants our our man's the three-part being, you know, we're spirit, soul, and body. And sometimes we have to remind our mind of who we are, amen? How many of you have to do that sometime? And we have to remind our mind of what the truth is. And I want you to say this with me this morning. The Word of God, word of God is, true. is true. If I live the Word... I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. You know, God makes nothing hard. He is good. So we don't have to really think about that a whole lot once we get that in our spirit. And uh, sometimes, you know, God will just give you a word to speak over your life. I encourage you, if you hear something good about yourself, don't try to deny it. You may not be living it today, but you may be living it next week, especially if you begin to say it over yourself. And uh, that's not pride or arrogance. That's believing that the Word of God works. And when we speak it, it brings life, just like uh, Dan and Kelly both have said today. I love how God arranges a service. And uh, this week on Thursday, my husband asked me if I had a word. And I said, well, I do, but, you know, I can preach it whenever you want me to. And, and so he asked me yesterday and I had already kind of picked the worship for today and it just all went to, how many of you know, it just all goes together when God orchestrates something, he keeps saying the same thing over and over. And if you notice in the services, we don't always plan. Sometimes we do like next week, we'll plan songs and things that have to do with our nation about God and our nation. But oftentimes we don't plan anything, but you know, Kelly opened today that Jesus went about doing good. And because of Jesus, he has made a way for us to all go about doing good. And I want to talk to you today about uh, the word confirmed. You know, God confirms his word. And uh, I want to talk to you today. You may be here this morning and you think you've heard from God. Uh, Maybe you question whether it was God or it's just something you want to do. Uh, Oftentimes it's hard to know for sure if what you're getting ready to act on is God. But in the book of Acts, which is all about the acts of the Holy Spirit and what God really can do in the life of anyone who has committed their way to him. If we look at that book, and I'm in that book right now in my Bible reading, which it's the most exciting book to read because it talks about us. It talks about the church after Jesus' resurrection. Thank God for the old covenant. We're going to look at that a little bit today. Uh, thank God for the gospels when Jesus taught us how to live and what to do. And, and but, the, but the exciting part for us in the earth today is, and you shall do greater works which Jesus said in John 14, and and it was after he ascended into heaven and what God accomplished. He accomplished the ability for every believer, not just the high priest, but every believer to be in communication with him. John 10, 10 says that, you know, the, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy, but we have life because Jesus gave it to us, like Dan said, and he gave it to us more abundantly. What does that mean? Well, we have ability way beyond the life that anybody lived until Jesus was resurrected. We have a life to live that is exceeding abundantly beyond all we could ask, hope, or think. Amen? And I haven't even got to my message yet. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is good. You know, I know the anointing God is here this morning to bring life and bring uh, hope to some of you that you, you, you think you've heard from God. I want to tell you one thing. If you hear from God, there will be confirmation. Everybody say confirmation. And it doesn't come by getting your friends together and telling them what you think God is saying when you know they're going to agree with you. Did I, can I say that again? 
It's not getting a group of your buddies together or friends and they tell them what you're going to do and they love you too much to tell you that is absurd. Uh, And I'm not talking about the world talking to you. I'm talking to you about what the Bible says, that in a multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. I've learned over the years when I've counseled, people don't really want counseling as much as they just want to tell somebody what's wrong in their life. Because as soon as you try to bring the correction that will help them, which is really life, everybody say life, or give input into their life, but they're no longer interested in talking to you. They'll go right back to the problem. Have you ever talked with somebody. And, and so it's the same with the wisdom of God. Now, I'm not saying that we should counsel with everybody. You know, we learned a long time ago, especially in Tulsa, Brother Copeland said, once you know that you've heard from God and you've talked with people that you trust and believe, you know, that, that, that they're in agreement, everybody say in agreement, and, and, and you begin to move on that, then you just move. You just move. You cannot any longer be listening to outside voices. Everybody say outside voices. You have to focus your faith. But I want to give you this morning, Mark 16, I want to begin there. And uh, we have an assignment, every one of us. This isn't, this isn't written to pastors. It isn't written to evangelists and prophets and teachers and, uh, you know, people that God has assigned to equip the body of Christ. But it's written to the body of Christ. And it says, later he appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe. Everybody say they did not believe. Those who had seen him after he had risen. And then he goes on to begin to give them a commission uh, to to assign them a, a job to do. And it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, everybody say signs, will follow those who believe. Something should be happening around you every day. Something should be happening around me every day that indicates that Jesus is Lord, not just of my life, but he is Lord over all. That he really is who we've sung about all of this morning. You know, Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Sing, sing, sing. You know, and, and God has made a plan for all of us that's very exciting. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, everybody say his name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if, and if they drink anything deadly, now this doesn't mean you just go out, you know, trying to drink deadly things or try to pick up snakes. That's not what this says. There are things that have gotten that weird in the body of Christ. And, and that's not what this is saying. It's saying you can take up serpents. That's the, the enemy, what he's done. And you can defeat him by the word of God. And he says, they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, you know, he didn't put an addendum on there. If you've only been saved three days, this doesn't work. In fact, sometimes people who've been saved three days see more than people who've been saved 15 years. Amen. Because we kind of relax into who we are. Um, you know, I came out of a, a Methodist background, got filled with the Holy Ghost when I got saved. And of course, immediately I had to find me a church that believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I did. But, you know, even in that church, there were people who'd been there forever. And you'd ask them about praying in the spirit and Pentecost and things. And they go, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. But they never did it. 
I'm telling you, the day has come that we need to use everything that God's given us, every tool that God has given us. You know, those bad reports, they just say what the word says in the last days, this is what's going to happen. But the good news is in the last days, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and arise shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I think I'm going to preach today. Forget these notes. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now I'm the other side of pastor bill. We're different. Can you tell? But, but we make a great team and uh, we have learned, you know, we can never get down at the same time. Somebody has to stay up. And so whether you're married or whoever you are, find someone who's going to jerk you out of that place and not say it's okay. I would cry too, you know, cry for five minutes, get over it and move on. Hallelujah. And I'm a woman and I'm saying that. Then it says, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That's very important because when he sat down, he said, it's finished, it's accomplished and all this will work. Not because of you, because of me. And lastly, and this is what I want to preach on today. They went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them and confirming confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Everybody say accompanying signs. He confirmed his word with accompanying signs. Now, I looked up those two definitions, and uh, I may not stay with that paper today, Donna, so just whatever you can do up there. Uh, Confirmation, to state or show something is correct. In other words, he was going to show that what they were preaching was true. And then it says accompanying signs mean to go somewhere with someone to be a companion, which was what he was saying to happen or or occur at the same time as or along with something. So when they would move out, God would move in. Does that make sense? When they would move out, God would move in, not God moves in and then they move out. That's not faith, and that's not the way God operates. If you look at all of the stories in the Old Covenant, you will not find God operating that way. In the book of Acts, in uh, chapter 4, it talks about, it's really, it's really a, about what Peter and John had done when they spoke to that man at the gate, and he was laying there, and he'd been lame his whole life, 40-some years, and, and, that, and Peter said to him, uh, such as I have, everybody, such as I have, say that, such as I have. Everybody say, I have it. I know this is new for some of you here, but if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, it will be as God has said. So he said, such as I have, I give to you. And that lame man, he pulled him up. Now, you know, this is Peter the chicken who, you know, when he denied Christ three times, but something happened. Everybody say something happened. What happened to him was Mark 16, what Jesus said in my name, you shall And he also said, you shall receive power. And so that combination changed Peter from a chicken to a powerful man of God. So when he grabbed that man and pulled him up, it was, it doesn't relate any other miracle except the baptism of the Holy Spirit until then. And so that was faith to reach down and jerk a guy up. What if he'd have fallen back down like spaghetti? He just right back to the floor. He knew everybody say he knew he knew in his heart 
what God has said. And that's what Jesus wants us to begin to do is believe. And, and you know, the only thing that it says in, in Acts chapter 4, of course, the leaders, the religious people came. And uh, when they had set them, it says in verse 7 of 4, in the midst they asked, by what power or what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well. And he went on to let them know it was because of Jesus, because he was raised from the dead. And then he goes on and says in verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given by men by which we must be saved. Well, you know, in verse 10, it says, uh, they're, they're, talking to each other, trying to figure out what they're going to do now, that this notable miracle, everybody say notable. notable, that is a sign. It's signs, wonders, and miracles. They're all signs of who God really is. And they say, what are we going to do now that this notable, notable miracle has been done through these men, Peter and John? It's evident. And all who dwell in Jerusalem see it, and we cannot deny it. So that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. That from now on they speak no name no, to no man in the name of Jesus. How many believe that, that the church of Jesus Christ is being threatened right now? Oh, I believe we are in, in lots of arenas. But listen, the reason, the only thing they could figure out about him was verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled. And they realized, everybody say realized that they had been with Jesus. That's the only thing that they could figure out that made them different. I mean, they didn't have any training. You know, you may be sitting here today and say, I, I, don't, I don't have any uh, training in the word of God. I, I'm just saved. You know, I mean, who am I? Well, you're very valuable in the kingdom of God for the day we're living in. And God wants signs, wonders, and miracles to follow every one of us everywhere we go. And he will confirm who he is when we step into that arena. Um, I know today that I am stronger in the Lord than I've ever been because he has confirmed the things he said to me over and over and over. And every time he confirms something that was bigger than the last thing he asked me to do, I get stronger in my ability to step out in the next thing. And so until we step out, we're never going to see it. You may be here today and say, well, I've never seen that. Well, my question to you would be, have you ever stepped out? Because it says he will immediately come alongside and confirm his word in your life. And it goes on and it says, you know, as a result of all this um, pressure from government, as a result of all the pressure from religious people, it only caused them to pray more for boldness and the ability to continue to do. It says in verse uh, 29, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs, wonders, signs and wonders, everybody say signs and wonders. Now, did not Jesus say in Mark that he would he would give accompanying signs, the Lord working with them. There would be accompanying signs. So they're asking for those that they may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Excuse me. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Let it be done in this house like it was there. Amen. I am ready to take on whatever it is that God wants to do in this earth. And I believe, I, I see it. If the Bible talks about a great falling away of the church, there are people falling away. But people can't fall away if they're busy doing what God said. 
How many of you know you're just not going to fall away if you just went out on the street and somebody got saved, delivered, and healed, and you got a crowd around you and you say, hey, I think I'm going to go somewhere else. No, you're not, because the power and the anointing of God is going to grab hold of your heart, and then you're going to proceed with what God has said. And I was looking at Moses, and then I, I want to talk about our building today, because, um, and I, I was interested that my husband said he just felt today we should pray about the building. Um, there's things that I can't say that God has shown us over the last, how many years has it been, honey, that we've been believing for this building? We started in 2007. That's what I thought, 2007, and so seven years. Oh, the year of completion. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Amen. The year of completion. But this is, this is what I, I believe. Um, everything has a timing in the kingdom of God. God knows when people are ready. And people are not ready because they have money. People are ready because they have faith. Do you understand that? And so if you attend this church, you are ready to do whatever God calls us to do in this church. And you may say, well, how would we ever get the money? I, I look at that building, and in the beginning, I would think, oh, dear Jesus. I mean, we'd have so many bathrooms. I, don't, I think we'd have an abundance. That would be a first time. Uh, you know, I, I'm a lady. You know, you think about those things if you stand in line every event you go to. Um, but it, it's so big. It's so big. But God said, you just take care of who I send you. I'll take care of the big part. Isn't that great? I mean, God can take care of big, but he has to have people of faith. Everybody say faith. And so, you know, I looked at Moses' life when he called on Moses in Exodus 3. Uh, and I'm just going to be brief with this because I want to get on to what God was speaking to me. Uh, Moses, you know, he had gotten in trouble. He was supposed to be the deliverer of the people. God called him that. But, I mean, he had tried to do it in his own strength, killed an Egyptian. And then his own people even said, who, who, who died and made you in charge, you know? And, uh, he, and so he ran away and he was in the wilderness for all those years. When he came out of that wilderness... He was, he didn't know he was different, but God showed up. Everybody say God showed up. And in Exodus three, when God showed up, he told him, I have an assignment for you. Basically I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it was. First, he identified himself through his power and the bush burned and there was nobody there to set it on fire. And the bush just kept on burning, but it didn't go away. And so God showed Moses who he was. And after he showed him, he gave him the commission of what he wanted to do. And that was he wanted to deliver the children of Israel. But he, when, he, when he told him about it, he says, Come now, therefore, in verse 10, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said, well, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And all he answered was, I will certainly be with you. Isn't that what he says in Mark 16? He said, and the Lord working with them. And then he said, confirming. Everybody say confirming with accompanying signs. And he goes on and he tells him, you can tell them that I am who I am sent you. In other words, it won't be about you. And if you look at verse 20, he says, so I will stretch out my hand. Well, whose hand was stretched out all through those miracles? It was Moses. But whose hand was that really? It was God's. Are you getting this? Am I going too fast? Uh, so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. So first he says, over in that other verse, he said, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh 
And he told him, you stretch out your hand. But he also says, it will be my hand. So it's together, accompanying, accompanying signs and miracles. At the same time, you put your hand out there, it will be my hand. So who was in control of the rod? God was. And that's why at the Red Sea, when Moses is standing there, the people are crying and everything. And God says, stop crying. Stop crying. Pick up that thing and strike. Everybody say strike. You know, put it there and the water will part. Well, whose hands parted the water? God's. But who did he use? Amen. That's how it works. Everybody say that's how it works. It's worked that way from the very beginning. From the very beginning, the good news is for this, this generation, you know, this dispensation, we have him working with all of us. And that's why he said greater works. There's, there's a lot more of us. It, for, for me to go to the hospital and pray for the sick is one thing. But if we sent all of you to the hospital to pray for the sick, we'd probably get a call here at the church. And say there's a bunch of people here trying to pray for everybody and get them out of this hospital. I want to tell you. With all this Obamacare and stuff, they'll probably welcome us because they don't want to pay all that money. So they'll have us come and pray for everybody. Divine healing is really good. Amen. They just connect all that stuff and you just get up and walk out of the place. I can't wait. It says in Deuteronomy 34 about Moses. Everybody say about Moses. This is what it says about him. And I believe this is what God wants to say about all of his people. It says, um, But since there has not arisen, verse 10, in Israel, a prophet like Moses, to whom the Lord knew face to face, in all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh, before all his servants and in all his land, and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of Israel. Now, we know Joshua took his place and God you know, connected with, with Joshua. And he said to Joshua on this day, I will prove you before the people that you are the leader. Everybody say confirm when God proves things, he confirms that it is him and that he will do what he says he will do. Um, as I was thinking today, you know, I, in my life, one of the greatest things that the turnaround time of my life was when God sent me to Tulsa in 1979, I worked at ORU And uh, I had never been in that kind of environment before. Brother Roberts was still the very, very much the head of that university. Uh, It was very much a university that operated on the anointing of God, the Holy Ghost. Uh, And and I'm sure it is today, too, with Billy Wilson and others, you know, that have replaced Brother Roberts. But uh, he had a vision, and it was dedicated to raising up students to hear God's voice and to educating the whole person, spirit, mind, and body. And the rest of it was that ORU graduates uh, would take that vision by listening to God's voice and go where his light was dim, his voice was heard small, and his healing power was not known. That was the vision of that school. Today, uh, even if I'm in Tulsa and I'm at at Victory, of course, a lot of those people that are there are grads of ORU. When they talk about that university, that whole vision comes right out their mouth. When they say ORU, and immediately that vision goes right out their mouth. Why? Because it was so ingrained in them. But it was ingrained for a purpose. God wants us to go into every man's world. This isn't about 
just uh, being a pastor or in the church. I believe this revival is going to happen out in the marketplace. It's going to happen in hospitals. It's going to happen in settings where the anointing of God is going to come, and it's going to come through God's people. And, and I want to talk about confirming, because when I heard this, uh, really it was things God was speaking to me. And he said, just watch. I'll confirm everything I've told you. And he has. Uh, over. I, I cannot say that God has not confirmed to me every word that he has told me to do. He has, he has come alongside, and when I've done what he said, I see him right in the midst of that. It is not me, it is him. And he gets all the glory, amen? And he is magnified. And so I, I want to share with you today because it's real easy to, um, I know when my husband got saved, um, and, and he won't mind me saying this, he, he just thought he was God's gift to God. I mean, he had gifts, but he didn't you, honey? And, uh, and I... Of course, you know, that's not exactly my personality. I'm just hoping that back then that I, that I can do everything God called me to do and not so sure I want to do anything that God's calling me to do. But Pastor Bill, he was going to go deliver ORU from whatever problem he thought they had in hiring people. And, of course, we went there, and uh, he said to me, because I had worked at ORU, uh, just get me into the person that makes decisions. You know, you don't talk to people who don't make the decision. I'm thinking, I don't hardly know the people who make decisions. I've been in the elevator with them and couldn't even remember my name when they asked me because I got so scared. So I don't think that I'm really acquainted with the people up on the seventh floor. And um, so he, I did manage to get it done through one of the doctors I worked for. So he got an audience with the top, you know, man in the place of that area. And he thanked him for his, all of his gifts and his talents and willingness to help. And we never heard from him again. End of story. So my husband went back to Snelling and Snelling and began to work in that. That was where he had worked before. And they opened it. They had an office there and they wanted him to, to take that office. So he did that. And all this time he would say to me, you're called, but I'm not. Well, I didn't even know if I wanted to be called. But I knew if I, if I was called, he was. I did know that much because I'd walked with the Lord longer, and I, I knew that you two can't walk together unless they be agreed. And so, um, long story short, I ended up working for him until God opened a door, and I went to work at Victory Christian Center, which was where we uh, then were trained, and, and we went on into ministry. And I'll never forget him saying, uh, that's really a good place for you because uh, you're called, and, you know, God will use you there. And about a month later, his business stopped because they closed the doors, and he went to ORU. Now, you know, that was God confirming. Everybody say confirming a call. God shut the door. He closed the whole business. It stopped. There was no more Snelling and Snelling. And Pastor Bill, it was a week from when school started, and he really had nothing else to do. And God confirmed to him, everybody said confirmed to him by Pastor Billy Joe calling him out of a crowd of about 900 people on a Wednesday night on a level floor with him way in the back, which is where we always sat with Pastor Bill. And, and so we were way in the back. We never sat in the front. And so we were way, way back there. And the sea of people parted because Bill had said to, to the Lord, if you're really calling me, have Pastor Billy Joe Doherty call me out and then I'll know it's you calling me. And I mean, the sea of people parted and he said, you, and of course, pastor Bill went, me? that's what he did. I was right beside him. 
And he said, yes, you, with the love of Jesus, come up here. And Bill had never prayed for anybody before. And his first time was before 900 people with a man that today is a powerful man in Sweden that came out of Rama that went over there. Bill has no idea what he prayed. I have no idea what he prayed. I was in shock. And, and so he comes back like this. You know, I mean, only Diane Hughes, a girl that led me to the Lord, was with us that night. Everybody say, God confirms. And when we got home, she said to him, Bill, how many of you remember Diane? Lady Diane, Bill, did that mean anything to you tonight? When Billy Joe called you up there and he goes, no. And he walked out and we knew right away. God had confirmed his word to pastor Bill. Amen. Everybody say confirm. So, you know, it wasn't anything he was thinking of doing. He was going with what he could do and he could really make that great. But God didn't confirm that. God confirmed a call on his life to serve him. And I can tell you there was another situation where a lady, she was a prophetess. We were in a meeting and she said, there's a man in this room who has left business and he would have been very prosperous. Now there were only 12 intern students at that time. And Bill was one and she had asked the wives to be there. Of course, you know, the wives are never supposed to be the Holy Spirit, right? You women know that it's really hard not to go like that. And, uh, And she said all of this, and then she said, but God calls you true blue. And I knew it was Bill. I just, I mean, I could feel the anointing. And of course, you know, he didn't say anything. She said, if you'll come up at the end, I'll tell you what the rest of God's told me. And of course, we left, and I I said, Bill, did you think that was you? He said, yes. I said, you're supposed to go talk to her. And he goes, it's okay. I thought man, the guy, what is wrong with him? That was God. How many of you know God can do it by himself? The next day we were in there and she pointed at him and said, that man I talked about yesterday was you. And I want you to come up here and talk to me when this is over. Everybody say confirm. See, those things are not to make you look good. They're to let you know a God is in control here. And so I tell you that to tell you about this building. Um, And and I'm just going to have to be brief because of time, but um, everybody say confirming the word. When when we first went to look at that building, of course, uh, Sue uh, O'Brien, she's always helped us. She's been down all our trails with us. Give Sue a hand. Hallelujah. It's not been... And, uh, and, and so we, we went and we looked at that building and, and we didn't know what to do. But in another setting earlier with Sue, we had talked to a man that it turned out that was the man who had owned all that property and still today owns all the property around it and is connected, get this, with a man in Oklahoma, in Tulsa. And it, so it is called In Oak, I N. Okay. I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but that's all over everything in those buildings that are right next door to that building in Oak. And I thought, now that is different, isn't it? In Oak, Indiana, Oklahoma. And so, um, we, we looked at it and this man, uh, we knew his name. And so Bill called him and said, I, you know, I just like to know who owns the man that owns that building, if it would be all right. And I know that you sold it to him if I talked with him. And he said, well, you know, let me talk with the man because he's in Manhattan. 
in Manhattan. That's New York. I mean, you know, he's, he's in a big building. He's wealthy. And um, so I'm looking at my husband like, really, you're just going to call this guy? And, um, and so he said, um, you know, Pastor Bill, he goes to the person who makes the decisions. But now it's at the leading of the, and not what he can do, but what God is saying to do. Are you getting this? So um, he, he found out, and, and, and this man called him back and said, yes, you can, he would like to communicate with you. So Bill wrote an email. Now, I'm in Tulsa. It's 2 in the morning. Or no, it was midnight here. It was 1 in the No, that's right. It was the other way around because I was an hour behind. And uh, he, he finished it, finished the letter, that he, the email he was going to send. And he said, Lord, I really would like to run this by Pam before I send it. Well, I'm laying there that night, and I cannot go to sleep. I'm just real restless. So when I have trouble sleeping and I'm traveling, I always call Bill and ask him to pray for me. I know he's a really good husband because even if I wake him up, he never gets mad. He just prays for me. But you can tell it's not really him. Okay, okay, honey. yeah, God is going to. But he still does it. And he doesn't get mad. So I don't care what he prays. He's with me. And, uh, and, and so I, he call, I called him. And he goes, oh, I have been praying that God would have you be able to hear this email before I send it. And so can I just read this to you? So here we are now. It's late at night. It's only about one in the morning for me, but it's about two for him. And we're reading this email that we're going to send to a man that we have no idea who he is. And he's really, really wealthy. His last name is Sachs. I'm thinking Sachs Fifth Avenue. I've heard about that. That's really expensive. I don't shop there. And so uh, he, he reads me that email. And I said, I think it's good. Just send it. And we sent it. And do you know what? That man answered it. And Bill became his friend. Everybody say confirm. I mean, this man has told other people what he's going to do for us with this building. Attorney, the mayor. See, only God could do that. That's why when we show that picture, some people may think, well, that's really pretentious. No, it's not pretentious. It's because God said. And we're just doing what God said to do. But he confirms. Everybody say confirms. And every time, every time my husband, how many of you know after seven years you can get kind of tired of waiting and wondering, you know, is this is, you know, it takes a lot of faith to go down there and believe you're going to get that building. Uh, even, even Mr. Sachs said, how big is your congregation? Well, we can't even say a number that's big enough that would make him think we could take care of that. But Bill told him, and he said, well, I think it'll be all right. We'll work it out. Those other people can stay for a while, and they can pay the the lease, and that'll help you, and this will help that. This man's figuring out how we can get a building, and he's a Jewish man. He's a Jewish man. And so we, we call him on Jewish holidays. He calls us on Christian holidays. And Bill's his friend. How did that happen? God, I don't know how God's going to work this all out, but I have every confidence that God is confirming his word with accompanying signs and wonders. And the last one was when we were in Florida, he was asking God about it and, and what should we do? And, uh, and Sue called and, uh, and she was talking about how God had shown her in prayer. We're going to move to that building. We're going to move to that building. How many of you know a word in season? you know, is so refreshing. And so, you know, right after that, right before we went, Mr. Saxon called, of course, he was saying, let's just sue the city. 
and then we'll get the building. Of course, you know, I think if you live in Manhattan and you are wealthy, that's really not a big deal. But when Bill said, I, I don't feel to do that, I, and he explained some things, Mr. Sachs said, well, I think that's right. Let's just wait. We're, it'll be all right. It'll be all right, Bill. That's your building. That's your building. Everybody say, God confirms. God confirms. You know, when Jesus sent out the disciples, he said, don't bother to take anything with you. What was he saying? I'll provide. Just go and I'll provide. Where God leads, he provides. If you're doing something that God's told you to do and there is no fruit, you need to go back to God and say, hey, you know, am I not doing it the right way? Or is this really you? Or was this something I could do that I'm asking you to come along and help me do it? But I can really do this. If you, this is a need. How many say a need? I just met with someone the other day and I said, and the person said, well, there's a need. I said, a need doesn't constitute a call. I cannot tell you how many times Billy Joe would say that to us. A need does not constitute a call. A call can be done. And it'll be confirmed by God. A need, there's somebody to fill it, but it may not be you. you our, our job may be to pray for somebody to fill that need. But when people get going in something and they can't see any confirmation, most of the time it's not, it's a good thing, but it's not the God thing. And, and the God thing for Bill, I mean, Bill was a businessman. I mean, church pastoring, he hadn't even been in church his whole life. His whole life. His parents were wonderful people, but he didn't go to church. The good news was he didn't have to unlearn anything that he'd been taught wrong. But he did have to deal with me. And, you know, I was, I was something. Hallelujah. I was the Holy Ghost personified. And so, you know, <laughs> because, I, I mean, he needed me. Bless God, he wasn't saved very long. I was going to have to help God. But then, you know, God said, this is going to be your help. You go work and pay for everything so he can become what God wants him to be. I'm thinking, that doesn't sound fair. I mean, I have to work, and he's going to go to school. I want to go to school. How many of you know God confirms his word? God confir- I got a job working. I didn't get to go to Bible school. That wasn't what God had in mind for me. He taught me a different way. God has a plan for you. And just like those disciples, if you read it in, in Luke 9 and 10, he sent out the 12, and then he sent out 70. And you know what the 70 came back saying? By golly, it works. Now, it isn't like that in the Bible if you read it. But he, they said, I mean, even the demons, even the demons submit to us. Do you know how hard it is for a Christian to try to cast the devil out of somebody? They are so scared. I, um, that's the truth. I said, well, just cast the devil out. Ooh, what if he attacks me? He isn't all that big in the name of Jesus. Now, if it's you, that's one thing. But if it's God, he has no power over you if you're using the right name. Amen? And if your heart is for God. So in that, in that time, when these, when these people in the book of Acts started, it says that when they prayed that prayer for boldness, if you go on to the end of that chapter of 4, it says, and they walked in great power and great Grace. Everybody say great grace. Great grace was upon them. What is that? That's God's ability to do something that you have no power to do, that I have no power to do. We have no power to get that building down there. I mean, even if we said today, hey, we're going to take an offering, everybody bring your, your money. You know, how many of you have like, how many million is that? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. It's a lot of millions. How many of you know? We, we probably couldn't get that offering. 
But if we say, hey, come together tonight, we're going to pray and release faith. You know, when Joshua marched into that place and he shouted, all the build, all that building, all that city fell right to the ground. Our God is the same God today. And we are called to be those people that God's called us to be, just like them. Would you stand? I want to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for your word today. I want to give you one other scripture before I pray. In Isaiah 8, 18, you know, the children of Israel had, you know, been to Babylon. I mean, they had been through a lot of things, but it says, uh, here I am. And the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and wonders in Israel. Well, you know, here we are victory Christian center and all of you are the children of God that he has brought into this church for this season. Now I want to tell you, this will all happen, not just for this church, what's coming, but it's going to happen for you. How many of you have kids that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing? Well, but you need to start preaching this scripture out your mouth all the time. You know, that, you know, the same as you say, as for me and my house, say this one. Here I am and the children whom the Lord has given me. That's what I'm going to start saying over all of you. Now, I'm, I'm not old enough to be everybody's mother, but spiritually, everybody say spiritually. Deborah was not old enough to be everybody's mother, and they called her a mother in Israel. That's what they called her. Why? Because she believed God was going to be who God said he was going to be. Whom the Lord has given me, we are. Everybody say, we are for signs and wonders. Reuben, you are for a sign and wonder. You know, when we prayed for you to know what you're going to do, you are going to be a sign and a wonder. Start saying that. And I know some people are wondering already about you, but that's scriptural too. It says they wander about us, but that's okay. You are a man of God and you're called for such a time as this. And that goes for all of you, even these young ones over here. Thank God for people who impart to young people, this is what God has for you. This is what God wants to do. I'm telling you, once you taste it, you will never go the other way. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person in this room today. I thank you. The anointing of God is powerful. It saves, delivers, and heals. And I thank you that if there's anybody here today, you may, you may have just come in here uh, invited by a friend, or maybe you came and you're not, you're not really sure about everything that's been said. It's very hard to understand the things of God if you're not born again. What that means is if you've not opened your heart and invited Jesus to become your Savior and Lord. The Bible says that the natural man, just as we are without Christ, we really don't understand spiritual things. But once we have a revelation of Jesus, once we receive Jesus as a Lord and Savior of our life, then a door opens and, and the veil is lifted. The understanding is enlightened. And that may be you today. You may be here and say, well, you know, I, I've never really done that. I've never really asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life or take over. Or maybe you've been here today and you've heard this word and you say, you know, I, I used to walk with Jesus, but I haven't been doing that like I need to. And I want to make a change today. I want to make a change today. If any of those two things fit your life, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you today for every person that's here. Every person that's here. How many of you have a, a child that needs to get their life in the right place? Lift your hand. Wanna, since we don't have anybody here right here today, let's all just agree and, and believe that this is the hour, even where they're at today. The anointing of God goes right into where they are. 
right into their heart in Jesus' name. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit touches them, touches their life, touches their heart. And not in a condemning way, but in a drawing way, a wooing way like the Holy Spirit can do. Not in the words of condemnation and guilt. Why don't you? Why haven't you? Why didn't you? But come, come, come to me. That's what Jesus says. Come to me, all you are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We call them out of darkness today, and we bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus, your lies and the things you've spoken into their lives that are causing them to run away. We call them into the light. We call them into the light in Jesus' name, that not one of them will be lost. All of the seed of the righteous will be delivered in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. We give you praise. Now, I want to pray for all of you today, and you know, some of you may be here today and say, you know, I've... I need confirmation. You know, when God gives a word, he accompanies it with signs. And if that's you today, this may not be everybody, but maybe about a child, maybe about your business, maybe about a walk with the Lord, something God said to do, and you need confirmation. I want you to lift your hand today right where you are. Father, I thank you today in Jesus' name that the word is true. The word is true. And when you give your word, you also send send into the life of the person you're speaking to confirmation of that word and I thank you today Uh, would you just quickly come I think I have oh yeah I have five minutes come quickly I'm going to pray for you I have longer if the Holy Spirit says to I want you to come I want to pray over you today hallelujah God's going to confirm in the lives of every one of them here. Can you do that song? I call you Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we call on you today. We thank you for confirmation. You said, I will confirm with signs and wonders, miracles way beyond our capability and your capability today, God, and your capability. We thank you for it. Everybody up here say this. I lay aside all my understanding with my natural mind, all my desires that are natural. I want what you have, God, and I want confirmation. In Jesus' name. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.